Are you ready for the end of the world? Sure. It's, it's, it's so doom and gloom. Are you ready for the end of the world? We're ready for the end of the world. Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. That's right. The end of the world as we know it. Oh, yep. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up! And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to your community spirit on your community radio. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And it is June. It is, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. It has been for a little while now, hasn't it? Yep, and we've skipped over spring and went right to summer. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're celebrating June is perennial gardening month. Ah. So, you know, this is the most beautiful time of the gardening year, you know. So after all those April showers and May showers, too, <laughs> you know, now is the time where the garden starts popping out. So Yeah. <laughs> Today, we're also celebrating the anniversary of Alcoholics Anonymous. Ah. Yep. And the anniversary of the ballpoint pen. Yeah, those are handy little tools. Yeah, instead of dipping it into the ink, the ink is built in, so. Yeah. All right, so we've got, uh, coming up, we've got some birthdays. Well, today, Judy Garland, the actress. And uh, we've got tomorrow, uh, Jacques Cousteau, the explorer. You can explore the oceans with Jacques Cousteau. And actually, if you want to go online, do a search for Raj, R-O-Z, and this lady is actually paddling across the ocean for climate change. Yeah. And I've been following her blog. It's In today's day and age, she can actually blog on the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> so which she, is pretty amazing. So she, she, I mean, she's literally paddling, you know, by herself. Yeah. So she's paddling, and then at the end of the day, actually... She didn't have connection for like three days, so yeah. she wrote the blogs, and then she got a satellite connection, because there was some kind of storm or something, and then she got a satellite connection, went and, you know, started, she said, okay, I'm back, I can respond to everybody's comments on the blog and stuff, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm just picturing her being out there in the middle of the ocean saying, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? <laughs> Don't do advertisements, Teresa. Uh, this is, this I didn't is non-corporate non radio. So. Yeah, I didn't mention any corporate names. Sunday is Abused Women and Children's Awareness Day. It's also Children's Sunday. Yeah. Crowd, crowned, I think that's supposed to be Crowded Nest, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> it says Crowed Nest, <laughs> but I don't know. But Crowed or Crowded Nest Awareness Day. Multicultural American Child Awareness Day. These are all on Sunday. And it's um, Orthodox Pentecost um, is on Sunday. Oh, Race Unity Day, Sunday, and the anniversary of the Baseball Hall of Fame and the anniversary of George H.W. Bush being born. So, <laughs> An auspicious day. <laughs> and the birthday of Anne Frank. Yeah, I didn't know they shared a, a birthday. Yeah, so. <laughs> and in Japan, oh, I'm already skipping to Tuesday. Uh, right, yeah. It's your turn. <laughs> Monday. Okay, yeah, so uh, on Monday... Uh, we've got the, this is a very important historical birthday, the birthday of Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, the actresses who are... Actresses? Yes. <laughs> they were originally known for uh, Full House. They went on to a 
auspicious movie career of movies I can't really remember because they weren't uh, <laughs> all that exciting. That's why I said actresses. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Tuesday is Family History Day and Flag Day in the U.S. It's the reason it's Flag Day. It's the anniversary of the Stars and Stripes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they know specifically that's when, you know, I guess they picked a day, right? Yeah. You have to pick a day. Yeah, they picked a day. <laughs> National Flag Day USA, pause for the pledge, and it's the anniversary of the U.S. Army. So maybe that's why they, you know, picked the same day. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that would explain it. <laughs> Coming up on Wednesday, uh, lunar eclipse. It's also Magna Carta Day, uh, Native American Citizenship Day. I wonder uh, what that means. We finally were like, let's let the natives be citizens. Uh, let's let's admit they exist. <laughs> All right. Yes, uh, Nature Photography Day coming up on Wednesday. And the Strawberry Moon, it is a full moon. And Admission Day, they, they admitted that Arkansas was part of the U.S. <laughs> Some people did. Some people did. Some people still don't. Yeah. We welcome Arkansas into the U.S. <laughs> now, Thursday is National Nursing Assistance Day and week. But the best thing... Is next Thursday is recess at work day. Uh, yay. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure that means that you have to play some kind of bullying games, right? Yeah. What <laughs> happens at recess? I've never been to school, so. Oh, yeah. Fun stuff. You go out, you play on the playground. I guess if you're unlucky, you get bullied, but you can also play games during lunchtime. So when you're when you're in the middle of work on Thursday, you can just jump out of your chair and say, recess at work day, and just run outside and uh, play ball. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how not... that works out for you. <laughs> Let us know. My email address is treesong at treesong.org. I want to hear your stories. Yeah, so. Um, I've been trying to come up with these energy-efficient tidbits, and I have, like, pages and pages of them. And right now we're still at level one. The simple uh, yeah. things you can do today. to take the, If you take these actions, you can actually, you know, eliminate at least 30% of your energy use. So shift your load to off-peak times. Electricity demand goes down at night and begins rising in the morning, peaking at midday before falling off again at night. You know, people use more energy during the day. So peak, they actually charge more during the day. Yeah. And um, the idea is if you use the energy off-peak, or in the case of me, I have a solar system, my off-peak is at night. So I use more energy during the day because, well... Use electricity when the sun shines, oh, in yeah. my case. so Someday utilities may use smart meters to help us even out this, you know. But right now you can do your own private load shifting by trying whenever possible to wash laundry or run the dishwasher or do, you know, large um, things at night. Yeah, and they pointed out, too, that um, part of what causes the expansion of uh, of uh, power plants, like, you know, coal-fired power plants, any kind of power yeah, plants. building more. Building more is because of the peak load. They look at the peak load and say, well, we've got to have enough power plants to meet the peak load. So if everybody shifts away from peak load, there'll be net less of a call for new power plants. There's actually a story in energy efficiency. It was like a big triumph where in California they actually asked people to do to shift their peak. Yeah. And they reduced energy usage almost 40% in the whole state for that year. Uh, yeah. And it was just, they were just like, we are not going to have, I mean, they did this big public campaign, and they were yeah. just like, we're literally not going to have enough electricity. You're going to have no electricity if people don't figure out how to use less electricity in the middle of the day. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so they, sh 
not only shifted their demand, but electricity usage actually went down. Yeah. Because people were were like, I'd rather have less electricity than none. Yeah. So which <laughs> is a was, good plan. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of a dire circumstance, but they were just like, we can't build the demand. We because they they forecast energy usage, you know, months in advance based on the years past, based on what the temperature is going to be, etc. Yeah. Uh-huh. So and temperatures rising. <laughs> Website of the week, GreenDeals.org. Today's featured green deal. Literally, they have a green deal every day. Yeah. Uh-huh. Today's featured green deal is 50% off the premium Auto Club membership to the Better World Club plus bicycle roadside uh-huh. assistance. So, this is the only um, this is the only automotive anything that's actually environmentally friendly. Mm-hmm. They actually lobby for you know better bike lanes and better car mileage per gallon for cars, etc. And so this is their 24/7 nationwide roadside assistance for cars and, and bikes. bicycles. So does that mean if I get a flat tire on the side of the highway, I'm like on on my bicycle? Yeah. And they'll come and give me a new flat, a new tire to help me get out of there. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, exciting. You know, you pay a membership, and you know, you get like so many flat tire pickups. So many toes on a car, yeah. so many times you run out of gas, you know, it's insurance, basically. I mean, um, you know, you pay a, a, a yearly fee and then they give you so many free things. Yeah. But the free things are tremendous. Like <laughs> one of them is um, bond insurance. Like if you get arrested, they'll actually pay your bond to get you out up to $100,000. <laughs> wow, that's pretty so, exciting. <laughs> you know, so like if you're traveling and, you know, you get arrested for some reason, they're not, that's one. Um lawyer insurance was one anyway it's like all these like travel things yeah you're like um and this is just in the u.s i think the the, what the 50 percent off thing but they have it you know all over the world yeah so if you travel to another country and get arrested they'll get you out of jail and help you (laughs) that's exciting they sound like a good friend to have (laughs) so the better world club yeah they might even be creating a better world there have you thought about this Ah, yes. Well, forget the compost bucket. Toss those carrot tops into the blender for pesto. Uh, that is a pretty good idea that I hadn't thought of. Uh, I mean, you can actually just get the carrot tops and chop them up like greens. Yeah. I never thought of that. I mean, literally, I mean, especially in the spring when you have a lot of rain like this, you end up with really large carrot tops yeah. and very small carrots. <laughs> and so... I mean, the majority of us do that. We just cut off the top yeah, of the carrots the top, and just, toss it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can just chop it up like greens, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then if you put the right, you know, flavorings to it, you can make a nice pesto. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've never thought of actually tossing them in the blender for pesto. Yeah. But I haven't even thought of like <laughs> using them at all. Yeah. Using them at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's actually now that I think about it, my mom uses them in salad, a little bit. Because yeah. they're, they're pretty strong. They taste like carrots. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, they're probably pretty strong, but you can balance them out with other greens. And a good salad will have a lot of greens in it anyway, so spice up your salad with carrots. Now, don't spice up your chicken with arsenic. Yeah, that's... But the FDA actually admits that supermarket chickens are testing positive for arsenic. Yeah. Yep. So years after food watchdog rang alarm bells, the FDA finally did a little bit of testing on their own and found, yep, Factory farm chickens are indeed tainted with arsenic. So will Big Ag change its toxic practices? I don't know. 
<laughs> I mean, basically they just feed them so much, you know, um, pre-made food, pre-made grain that has a lot of toxic chemicals in it. I yeah. Mean, and so, you know, it builds up. Arsenic is one of those few chemicals, well, few, <laughs> few commonly uh, um, available chemicals that builds up in the body. Yeah, yeah, bioaccumulates. And, you know, yeah, there's some your body can detox, but ars arsenic, you know, <laughs> it's pretty hard. Once you get it in your system, it likes to stay there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, not a good plan. You, that's not the kind of spice you want in your food. <laughs> so let's see. Speaking of other food matters, I've heard that the food plate is replacing the food pyramid. But what does that mean for you? Uh, last week, the food plates icon was introduced. Uh, it's, it's replacing... The food pyramid has been around for a long time. Uh, Even though the latest version came out, like, 2005. Yeah. The pyramid has been, like, around forever. Yeah, forever. At least as long as I've been around learning about nutrition. <laughs> and people really never really used it. I mean, it never really caught on. It was just like, yeah, there's this pyramid out there, but... Yeah. Well, from what I've heard, it's like, you know, basically the... Uh, the different industries, like the grain industry, would say, well, we want more grain in the food pyramid, and they would try to fight over who gets what's in the pyramid. <laughs> but uh, now it's, a, it's turned into a plate, because they, with the plate, the idea is to try to talk about, have it be simpler and a straightforward tool uh, to educate about uh, but portion size. But what size plate? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's one of the things in the U.S. here. Our plates are a lot bigger. Yeah. Like, I asked someone who can't... You know, I ask people when they come from other countries, what's the biggest change coming to the U.S.? And it's usually about food. Mm -hmm. And they usually mention portion size. Yeah. Like a personal pan pizza in, you know, in Japan is a personal pan pizza. It's like six inches across. Yeah. Here it's like, you know, it's it's like enough for like two people. I mean, yeah. Well, one, one of me because, you know, I'm an American. <laughs> yeah. So. I eat a lot of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> So the pros and cons of the food plate, the the pros are that it's, you know, very simple. It's actually very easy to look at. You can just see a plate and it's divided up. Yeah. And it shows, you know, consistent. It shows that half of your plate should be fruits and vegetables. And um, it doesn't say grains anymore. Mm -hmm. Now it just says protein. Yeah. You know. Huh. And, you know, of course, most people will do protein as a meat. Yeah. Um, so that's very unclear because majority of people just, I mean, the meat industry clearly is protein. Huh. Most people don't think there's any other protein out there. Yeah. Um, it's also missing fats. It doesn't have fats on there at all. Huh. And there's healthy fats. Yeah, I there mean, are healthy fats. I mean, you have to have, you actually have to have some fat to digest and then yeah. there's no dessert. <laughs> I mean, for me, I just look at it and I'm just like, um... <laughs> There's a, no dessert here. I'm just gonna give it to this plate. <laughs> yeah, I eat dessert first. I get my I get my fats, and then I eat a lot less in my actual meal. You know, I'm yeah. not I'm not over consuming. I'm not eating the whole meal and then a dessert. So, um, and then the other thing was the they uh, they're showing dairy as a circle on the side, <laughs> indicating drinking a glass of milk. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, and there's a lot of other dairy products out there. So, yeah. and then what happens if it's a mixed something like lasagna? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, but they are rolling out um, a couple million dollars, yeah, two million dollar ad campaign. Come on, <laughs> this is like a new, whole new program of eating, and they're rolling out a two million dollar ad campaign. 
Yeah. All right, we're doing our part to help them with their $2 million. <laughs> Enjoy your food, but eat a little less, you know. Yeah. So. So the new food plate. <laughs> and, of course, no sodium. <laughs> yeah. Too much salt. It's it's really, really bad for us. Yeah. That's... Uh, yeah, I, for a while there, I, had, I was actually sodium deficient, so I got to the opposite advice that doctors usually give. But I've probably caught up by now. I've been eating plenty of salty foods. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's see if we have any. Uh, you think we have any climate change news today? I don't know. Any Is it hot? Climate change? Eh, it's a little hot outside. It's not. It's not disastrously hot yet. <laughs> But uh, you haven't been working outside very much, have you? <laughs> uh, Actually, it's not. It's, yeah, for it's, Southern Illinois. I mean, I'm thinking in terms of Southern Illinois. You know, sometimes it gets to upper 90s. You know. Well, it is upper 90s. It has been for. But a few there's days. not. It's not very humid. Yeah. It like all that moisture dried up. I yeah. Mean, so he's been staying around 40, 50 percent rather than 80, 90. Yes. Because normally, well, I guess towards the end of the summer we start getting. You know, it's only in the 80s, but it's like 80% humidity. So, you know, that kills you. Yeah. So, but we're going to get to 80% humidity really quick with these high temperatures because all the lakes start. Yeah, they start to evaporate and the humidity will catch up. Yeah, so. But uh, people talk about climate disasters and uh, some people seem to think they will be uh, causing progressive change. But here's some food for thought on that. Uh, I'll start with the quotes. Americans won't wake up and get serious about climate change until there's a disaster. Wait. There's how many disasters? Yeah. <laughs> how many disasters? It's, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's this, seems to be this perception among some people that, oh, if there's a disaster, then people will act on climate change. But we've started having climate disasters, and there's still not action on it. <laughs> well, it, it actually, I think, has shifted now to people thinking there's this thought of kind of Old Testament in the mix, like literally, <laughs> yeah, you deserve it. You yeah, know? like you, you didn't listen to us, so now we're going to have disasters, so now you'll see. But no, that's, I see, that's that's a fear-based attitude, and that's a sort of anger, retribution-based attitude. I think we need uh, more positive solutions. I mean, first of all, you know, disasters are terrible. We don't want these climate disasters. That's part of why we're talking about climate change is because, you know, extreme weather increasing is not a good thing. And it, it affects, you know, the poorest people first, and they can't handle it. Yeah. And it affects, you know, innocent people. I mean, when the poor people of the world, most of them don't pollute very much. Yeah. And so we're, like, literally imposing our pollution on innocent people. Yeah. I wonder if you could take people to court, you know, if a nation in Africa will take a, a first-world nation to court, for the climate change. Yeah, I, I feel like that may be coming down the road soon. You know. But uh, I, I will say, you know, this part of why people take this attitude is because this is a very serious, dangerous issue. But it's those moments, those important moments when you need to act most reasonably and not be doing things based on fear. So we don't want to have people driven by action by fear. We want people to actually think about this issue in a reasonable way and do something positive uh, to address climate change. Address it? Yes. <laughs> address it, re reverse it. Uh, Send it a postcard. Yeah, stop increasing our greenhouse gas emissions. Yep. Start reducing them. I came across this blog, um, <laughs> Urban Ar Agriculture, mm -hmm. Two Chicken, Why and How to Raise Chickens in the City by Broke Ass Grouch. Huh. Broke-Ass Grouch actually writes a regular blog about living in the city and 
Anyway, <laughs> when we last fetched up baby dolls, Broke Ass was waxing pedantic about the primacy of stocking the pantry as nutritiously and cheaply as possible. One alert soul com commented, Where are the eggs? Nature's most perfect food with as many ways to fix them as your imagination can accommodate. A flawless observation. Psh, as it happens, uh -huh. Broke Ass has so many damn eggs that at times she feels she might prefer to shove bamboo shoots underneath her fingernails than to sup upon another oof. This is because Broke Ass Officer happens to be married to Big Daddy, the man behind the Red Hook Chicken Guy, a full-service co-op coop building chicken providing or hen providing and feed purveying micro-business operated, well, right here at the Rancho Del Brocas in Red Hook, Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. This is the beginning of a very funny and interesting blog about raising chickens in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, if you would like the link to that blog, you must get on our newsletter list and we'll email it to you or email me and I will send it to you right now. I think I've heard of that story. A chicken grows in Brooklyn. Uh, it's a famous story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it really? Uh, a tree grows. Oh, okay. I, I thought I would read this because, well, we are having issues about chickens <laughs> in Carbondale. Yeah, we are. There's uh, a discussion of uh, whether or not to have them here. And the majority of large cities allow chickens. Yeah. You know, I, not chickens, hens. Yeah, hens. They don't allow roosters because <laughs> they make a lot of noise. Yeah. But they allow hens. Um, Carbondale is an exception because we are around, you know, agriculture. And so they passed years ago, I don't know how many years ago, but a law against having animals in your, you know, farm animals. And I guess they were trying to keep people from having lots of farm animals. Yeah, they're trying to keep from having an entire farm within the city limits, but they can, laws can change and they can be flexible and realize, oh, if someone wants to have a few hens, uh, that can be a part of the important part of their local foods diet. I mean, if Brooklyn can do it, if Chicago can do it, if Indianapolis can do it, yeah. I mean, these are large cities. Yeah, and if they can manage it, you know, a, a city of our size can do it. I mean, Brooklyn and Chicago, they don't even have, like, dirt. <laughs> yeah, you got to get a permit <laughs> just to get dirt. <laughs> so, I mean, so, um, anyway, there is a trend more and more farms in cities because, yeah. you know, that's where people live and they want fresh stuff. Yeah, they're talking about building farms in uh, New York City skyscrapers, too, doing, like, uh, you know, green agriculture within cities. Vertical farming, farming in skyscrapers seven dozen stories high. Uh, that's, I've heard about that idea before. That is an exciting idea. And let's see. I mean, literally, it's estimated that 80% of the world's population will live in urban area. Currently, about 60% do. Yeah. So 80% by 2050. Yeah, and so if you want to eat local in that uh, context, uh, there's, I mean, there's going to be shortages of food and arable land with this many people coming along. And vertical farming lets you eat locally, lets you find new places to grow food. Well, I mean, the majority of buildings have flat roofs in cities. Yeah. And so they can do those um, green roofs. Yeah. I mean, Chicago's doing that big time, building the green roofs. They just put a couple inches of dirt up on top of the rubber roof up there, and they can grow. I mean, they can have a lawn. They can have flowers. They yeah. can have a garden. They can have a golf club. I mean. Yeah, they've got a green roof on the SIU campus, too, don't yeah. they? 
the yeah. ag building. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at the library. I think that's going to be the next spot for a green roof on the SIU campus. Yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of flat space there. It's already nicely. Uh, it looks pretty sturdy. So yeah. I can't imagine living in a city where you can't walk outside and have, you know, a little bit of grass or yeah. in my case I walk outside and I have a little herb garden. I can grow my my sage and um, parsley and oregano and I forget what else I got there. I yeah. got some cilantro. You know, so when I'm cooking I just walk outside and pick a couple things of herbs and yeah we're pretty fortunate here here in, in Carbondale and in southern Illinois in general a lot of green space in our cities yeah so speaking of green space we actually have a lot around here it's called the Shawnee National Forest yeah a very big very green space <laughs> if you are a student please listen up listen because, up students because the application deadline of this is Monday right the 13th is Monday yes so the Shawnee National Forest has three AmeriCorps VISTA positions. The application deadline is June 13th, and um, they're looking for college graduates, um, college students. It says graduates. Yeah. So um, it's, they just have a, a living stipend. It's less than $900 a month, which is pretty good living. Yeah, for, but, for Southern Illinois, that's pretty good living and, expense. And then at the end of your um, service, they'll give you $5,300 for education stipend. Yeah. So um, it starts July 25th, and it's one year full-time. And so one position in Jonesboro and two positions in Harrisburg. For more information, contact Pat York, 618-521-2120. And again chance to work in the Shawnee National Forest. Yeah, know, so. sounds like a, a bunch of wins, you know, being in the Shawnee Forest, working with it, uh, getting paid to do so. Good times. All right, we better get yeah, through Yeah, we better zip through some happenings. So. Uh, sustainable Living Film. They're having sustainable living films. And the next one is called Gasland. Uh, it's happening tonight, 5.30 p.m., Long Branch Coffee House. Uh, it's a film series. And this is addressing the issue of hydraulic fracturing, also known as fracking. And I don't really know much about this, but this is like the oil companies are really talking about this is the yeah. new way of getting um, oil out of rock formations. Yeah, they so. yeah they inject fluid into the ground to try to get the ground to fracture and let the oil come up. Well, didn't they used to do that where they put like bombs down underneath and? blow things apart and that's yeah. loosen up the oil out yeah basically as the oil is getting more scarce they're using more and more crazy ways to try to get it out so yeah 5 30 p.m tonight at the long branch you can learn more about that and right now the we actually have a bill that's going through um it passed the illinois state senate and they voted to pass sb664 which is the fracturing chemical disclosure act and now it's going to the house yeah. so Basically, they want people to know that they're going to do it and what chemicals they're going to shoot into the ground. I mean, so we get the oil out, but what happens if that oil gets into the water? Well, uh, we shot. Yeah. I mean, it takes like a quart of oil to contaminate like 100,000 gallons of drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> so. Lots that can go wrong with this plan. Farmer's uh, Market. Yes, Farmer's Markets. Uh, Saturday Adventures. You can go to the Farmer's Market at the West Town Mall parking lots over on the west side of town. 
That's coming up tomorrow from 8 a.m. to noon. Coming up every Saturday. Every Saturday yep. in season, and the season's pretty big. And unfortunately, every Saturday also, the Vigil for Peace, Saturdays at noon at the Town Square Pavilion. Now, there is one unique Saturday. You are invited to participate in a prayer vigil for all C-number prisoners, TAMS prisoners, and especially Willie Sterling, who has been held in indefinite solitary confinement at TAM Supermax for 13 years. The vigil will start at 6 p.m. on Saturday. That is tomorrow at the Ball Knob Cross in Alto Pass. So, basically, the group um, TAM's tenure has is a project giving TAM's prisoners a chance to um, have a photo taken of anything they want. And Willie Sterling requested a photo taken at the cross of family and supporters praying for his release in advance of his June 30th parole hearing. And that's this Saturday to pray for Tam's prisoners this Saturday at 6 p.m. And there will be a potluck dinner at 5 p.m. So, okay. Yes. So, another thing, this is one that we talk about every year when it happens, and it happens every year. It's uh, the MRA is announcing the 22nd Annual Energy Fair. Well, it's not every year is the 22nd Annual. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> There's an energy fair every year, and this is the 22nd and, one. And it's always the summer solstice, and it's uh, June 17th through the 19th, next weekend. Yeah. So, if you would like the chance to go, I um, am going, and there is room in the salsa boat, my van. Um, over 200 sustainable living workshops and 250 exhibitors, and then some keynote speakers. Yeah, they've got uh, Will Allen, the founder and CEO of Growing Power Incorporated, a farm and community center in Milwaukee. Chris Payne, the director and writer of Who Killed the Electric Car. I'm sure you've heard of that yes, I've movie. Heard of that. I've seen that. Yeah. The Central Wisconsin Resiliency Project. It's an AmeriCorps program unique to the rural communities of Central Wisconsin. So these are a few of the keynote speakers at the 22nd Annual Energy Fair, and it is the world's largest yes. renewable energy and sustainable living fair. Yes, the biggest renewable energy fair in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, the website is midwestrenew.org. Yes. And um, the program guide's about 40 pages long, so. Yeah. Well, once again, this has been an exciting and informative year community spirits, at least for us. Hope it has been for you, too. And we'll see you here next week on the radio.